Hello, everyone. How are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where we have the discussions that inform, entertain, and empower educators to be the change. I'm your host, Dr. Will, and today I am here with Nora Poji. How are you doing, Nora? Great. Thank you for having me. You are welcome. You are welcome. I wanted you on the show, and for those who are watching or, well, who will be listening to the show before is because Nora is uh, part of a creator of this documentary. She started it, which is truly amazing, uh, where they have put together this film that includes uh, startup founders, entrepreneurs, women from all over the, the, the country, different ethnicities, very diverse uh, cast. And I first learned about it because it came in my LinkedIn feed from Sheena Allen uh, of Sheena Allen Apps, who was actually on my podcast. Yay. Yes, yes. You know, she and I are from the same hometown, and we actually have bachelor's degrees in the same field. It's just that I, I'm 44, so I'm older than she is. So I graduated before she did. Uh, but it was amazing to see this. So I, I said, wow, I want to get... Nora on the podcast. So thank you for being a guest. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Awesome. So as I mentioned earlier, you know, I went to film school myself. Um, I had dreams of winning an Oscar for best director. Yay. What drew you to filmmaking? Um, I was always really passionate about movies like I think a lot of people, uh, like you probably, I, I watched a lot of movies and TV shows and I just never thought that I could do it because it seemed so far removed, you know, Hollywood type things. And, um, and I was working as a journalist in Silicon Valley when all this She Started Journey um, began. And I started interning for a production company there. And as I was doing journalism plus production, I realized there was ways for me to get involved. It's also, you know, iPhone and things that are making it easier for us to go out there, interview people, make quick videos. So I was making videos for events that I was reporting on. And then a mentor of mine, you know, said, hey, actually this idea you have of doing interviews with women founders could be a real movie. There's people out there who just do it and, and make a documentary. Why couldn't you? And it was a turning point moment of, why not me? Why couldn't I do it? And I partnered up with my co-founder in CSIA, who was also a journalist in Silicon Valley. And that's how it all started. So it's kind of this moment of why not you and just taking the leap. So, you know, as I m mentioned earlier, you are uh, a co-creator of She Started It. What was the pain point behind making the film? And how did you go about actually selecting the women who were in the film? Um, so basically, we wanted to shine a light on women entrepreneurs who were doing this in this very male-dominated field. So when we started in 2013, there was really even fewer women uh, doing this. And we were at this event called Women 2.0, which is a conference for women entrepreneurs. And it was kind of the biggest thing in 2013 in Silicon Valley. Um, because there was not as many initiatives as today. And it was a turning point of, oh, here are the women 
you know, on stage, they had amazing founders uh, who were successful. And it was like, I guess they do exist. We just never hear about them. And it seems like this boys club and it's going to stay and remain a boys club until we kind of push women to the forefront and shine a light on the ones who are actually there. So we ended up um, featuring um, five young women and it kind of became this crazy story of following them for two years through the ups and downs of their startup journey. At first we wanted to do interviews and we interviewed probably 75 women founders from all kinds of backgrounds and uh, more established women. But then we kind of narrowed it down for the, the storyline on these young women who are letting us into their lives, who let us follow them over and over and kind of got, gave us that access, which is so hard to get for an entrepreneur. And that's why the film really centered zeroed in on, on these young women. Awesome. Awesome. So what does the startup space look like for women? Well, it's not, it's not great. Um, as you can imagine, like every industry today, it's very male dominated. So 96% of venture capitalists are men. So they control the majority of the money going into startups and there's this well-documented phenomenon of pattern recognition, which is people tend to hire, invest in people who look like them. So those unconscious biases that people are now kind of calling out and um, asking companies and investors to be more, you know, inclusive focus and seeking out people who are not like them, giving a chance to people who are not part of those networks. So, you know, it's, it's a big barrier, the funding aspect, because, um, unless you're doing um, a business that can, you know, scale on its own, meaning that you can sell finance, um, that you can sell products and bootstrap, meaning you can actually make money off of your own revenue. Let's say you have a product you can sell. If you're building a high tech company that requires a lot of capital upfront, like the Silicon Valley types of startups that we had um, documented, you really need at some point or another, some kind of injunction of capital. And, it's really creating this barrier for women in the industry to not have access to that capital and to not be in the same networks as those men. So that that's one of the biggest thing that we've seen while making the movie. And of course there's the lack of um, resources and mentorship, but also in the technology, you know, pipeline, meaning how do we get more girls into tech? And I think Sheena who you interviewed is a great example of that. She didn't have any, mentor any role model look up to and she just started on her own she drew this app on microsoft word and started learning and paired up with a developer and got started but um how many more she can we can we inspire and encourage is is the question and the, and the challenge mm-hmm. so how did you discover sheena you know because you know one of the things i've told people is you know i'm trying to put Uh, Mississippi on my back and carry it in terms of ed tech and sort of putting it on the map because, you know, when people think of ed tech, there's a certain states or cities that people are like, that's where the speakers come from. That's where the excitement coming from. And so when you think of the tech space, again, Mississippi isn't something that comes to people's minds. I mean, even if they, people started to write down, you know, their, 30, 40 cities, Mississippi still wouldn't come up. And so there you have Sheena, uh, who grew up in a, you know, she's from Mississippi, but she grew up in a smaller city Mm -hmm. in Mississippi. 
and now she is, you know, in your, in your film. How, how did you discover her? Um, so it started with uh, NCI, my co-founder, who went to this Lean Startup Conference, and Sheena was a speaker there. And the thing is, we met Sheena actually a lot later than two of our main characters, Tui Trong, who is from Vietnam, and Stacey Ferreira, who, um, who was based in um, San Francisco, but was from Arizona. So we had started following them for about, you know, almost a year and a half. So we really wish we had met Sheena earlier so she could have, you know, a bigger role, but we're so glad we did because when in CSO at that conference, she was like, she's really interesting because of what you just said, that she doesn't come from that Silicon Valley mold. She taught herself and we had a Skype session with her and we're like, she's the real deal. So we kind of did a very quick, you know, um, vetting or casting and we're like, yeah, we need to jump on, on her story before, uh, before it's too late. And, um, we ended up kind of focusing on filming her and a few things that we could get that she was doing, whether it was uh, pitching or visiting her family or things like that. And, um, we're very glad we, we got her into the movie. Awesome. Awesome. So you host screenings all around the country. How do you choose the locations and what kind of feedback have you received? So we actually don't choose the locations in the sense of we're lucky that people come to us, which is great. We premiered the film at the Mill Valley Film Festival in California a year ago, October 2016. And we um, have been doing a screening tour all around the world, really. We had over 300 screening events in like 20 different countries. So um, some events, you know, we did seek out. So we, we reached out to a few people we knew, some of our connections. We wanted to go through universities and schools mostly, but also corporations and conferences. And then the word of mouth, you know, we, we've been lucky that people have really responded to the film and they have never seen anything like it of young women running tech startups and seeing behind the scenes of that because you tend to see just the happy success part, right? The Mark Zuckerberg's and the Bill Gates of the world. No one really sees what happens behind closed doors. How do you pitch? What happens when things don't go right, when your family's not supporting you or things like that. And especially from a young woman's point of view. So the word of mouth made it so that people started reaching out and mostly universities, schools, corporations, conferences. Um, so it's, it's a lot of educational, but also women in business, um, and we're really happy, but we were looking for the next steps now of uh, how to get even more people. We have a, a goal of reaching 1 million viewers in 2018. So hopefully more and more people can uh, host the screening in 2018. Awesome. Awesome. I would love for us to host the screening, but we have limited funds at our school. <laughs> well, we, uh, I'm sure we can work something out. Awesome. Awesome. So from telling the journey of the women in your film, what have you learned about the strengths that women bring to entrepreneurship? Well, what's been interesting is, you know, some people are very much about this. Um, we don't want to notice the difference. You know, everybody's the same and we don't want to do codas or we don't want to, you know, that that's a policy that some people are about. Obviously that's not our vision. We do think it's important to showcase the strength that, not just women, but anyone who's basically not a white man, right? People from all kinds of ranges of backgrounds. Um, what do they bring to the table and how it makes a company stronger? 
And I think we've seen that for women, especially, there's a different type of interaction. A lot of the time, the soft skills, quote unquote, meaning, you know, how you speak and interact with others have been downplayed. We've valued in the society specifically, we valued, you know, brute force and power. And that's something you can see now with all the way up to the White House, right? But the truth is what is working and what makes a great company or a great team or a great business is a combination of all those skills. And now I think we're seeing, especially in the cultural landscape right now, a big movement, a bit of reversal of values that, hey, we actually need people who have empathy, who care about listening to the other party, who can negotiate, who can listen to each other, who can you know, work as a team. All those things that are quote unquote feminine qualities that have been really um, sidelined for a while. And I think it's really also important for the men to get trained in those areas, to get more versatile, um, because those skills are extremely important for any, any business. And all kinds of studies back up the fact that diverse teams, teams that are inclusive in every kind of way you want to look at it, perform better, and they're actually more productive. The research out of MIT that shows that, research out of you know, a lot of other places, it's on our website, um, that shows that diverse teams perform better. So it's really a, a business imperative, and I wish companies really backed that and funded research for that and kind of promoted that more rather than just doing PR about it. So now I want to throw this out there to you. Does anyone who's ever shot video, uh, particularly in this narrative form, and you sit down and you have to edit it to tell your story? Mm -hmm. What was that process like for you keeping the story as authentic as you wanted it to be in terms of honoring their voices and really highlighting the experiences and the work they were doing sort of versus what you hoped overall you wanted the film to accomplish? So how does the editing process work? Well, how did you, you know, decide what you kept and what you didn't as, as it relates to wanting to honor the voices of the, the women in the film versus sort of what your overall goal and what you wanted to accomplish? Yeah, I think that was the, the biggest challenge because we filmed for, yeah, probably two and a half years and we filmed on multiple continents. We had five characters, you know, two main, like I said, Twee and Stacey, but five characters total, a lot of storyline. We had hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage. We interviewed 75 women and some men, you know, experts, all kinds of, of um, backgrounds. So it was a challenge, but I think from the beginning, the threads was we want to shine a light on women who are doing it and who are persisting the story quickly became, this is all about resilience, grit, and persistence. So we're not about to just show a quick, cute video about women empowerment. Uh, we're going to show what is the grind? What is the hustle? What's happening behind closed doors? And how do people keep at it? How do these young women have that strength and that resilience to keep going? And the film really for anyone who sees it, is about that. You see them facing obstacles and it's about how do you get up when you get knocked down, right? And you see them kind of finding solutions and 
that's what entrepreneurship is all about. It's about having that grit and that resilience and that persistence. So even though that's the goal we set out for ourselves, the film even took its own life and became, you know, we couldn't expect what would happen in their lives. It could just be witnesses and follow that, right? And the film became more and more of that, of this is about the resilience. This is about how are they going to react when things don't go their way? And, and it was the perfect message for what we wanted, which is empowering the next generation. It's not all about instant gratification on the notification you receive. It's like, if you want to accomplish something that you really believe in, first off, it's worth it. The effort is worth it. And second of all, this is going to be a long journey, but, but this is, this is how it works, you know? So we couldn't have expected this to be, to end up being about that, but now looking back, it really seems like the first goal of why we started this up to the finished product is all about that entrepreneurship journey of resilience. So if you were going to make a She Started It too, who are some of the women that are making their mark within the tech space? I mean, I don't, I don't really um, think we could do She Started It too because like I said, it, was, it, it became its own thing. But there's so many actually... Um, so many women that now one of my next step would be to do maybe a documentary series. She started it uh, and follow more and more women because all around the world, there are so many really amazing women that I don't want to just do a movie that focuses on like three, two or five of them, but how can we showcase people from Middle East, Africa, India, uh, all around the U S you know? So a couple of people that I really like, I, I really like, um, a woman that I met um, at an event in New York, her name is Farishte Foru. I don't know if I pronounced it right. She's um, from Afghanistan and she created a, an organization to help girls uh, get into coding in Afghanistan. Um, so that's one, you know, really cool thing. Um, there's also a lot of great women um, in the Middle East who do really cool things and that are not being talked about ever. Um, and also to be really honest, I really would like to see what Sheena Allen does next because like I said, she has a small part in the movie because we met her later, but she's now onto her second startup, Capway, which is about banking the underbanked and financial literacy. And I know she's going to become like even more amazing than she is now. And I really would like to, to see what she does next. Um, but I think a documentary series would be the way to go about it. How to showcase more people and not just a happy few. I'm interested in seeing that series. You know, Netflix, uh, give them a deal, Netflix, give them a deal. I agree uh, with you. <laughs> I, I think that would be, you know, really awesome to actually, you know, see that journey, that continual journey of uh, women entrepreneurs and watching them go through those things. Um, I guess I want to throw this out there to you as well. You know, what have you learned about yourself <laughs> in completing this project? I mean, to be honest, I never, and I think it, I speak also for my co-founder in CM, we never expected it to be that hard. Um, and the interesting thing is that the film, we started out thinking we're going to be remote observers. You know, we're going to be fly on the wall, documenting this. And little by little over the past four years, our lives really starting resembling the ones on screen. 
life maintaining art. We had to raise money. We had to pitch, assemble a product, build a team, solve all those problems. A film is really like a startup for, for anyone out there interested in filmmaking. And our lives really started exactly resembling the ones of the women we were filming. We're like, oh my God, we had not expected it to be that hard. And once you're in, you're in. Like you need money to finish the editing. You need to network and pitch people for funding. You need to hire and fire people. You need to market the product even when it's out. It's just the beginning of it, right? So I don't think we expected it to be that hard. But at the same time, it's been incredibly rewarding because we could have set out just for the easy part of, okay, let's do a few interviews and be done. And then we're like, no, we have these women who are pretty incredible kick-ass women. So let's, let's just go all the way. And we kind of stuck with it. And um, I think we learned firsthand this resilience thing. At first it's, it's a woo woo. Oh, nice. It's, you know, a catchphrase. Oh, you need persistence and everything will work out. Well, no, obviously not. It's not enough, but we had to live that every day of not giving up as cliche as it may sound it's all about not giving up putting one foot in front of the other even when everything is telling you this project is not going to work out and we didn't think it was that crucial even though we were reporting on it but clearly it became the key to to everything and also support system i mean i was sleeping on my friend's couches for three years because i couldn't afford an apartment and cia's husband became our digital specialist you know hosting tons of hard drives and helping us with all those things. We had to rely on every person in our network and really those people are key to not lose your mind when things are getting tough, but also just making it to the next level. And um, anyone out there, I encourage you to nurture that support system, surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up because no one can do it alone. So now I'm thinking throughout this process, I know you, took footage of uh, the women who starred in your film, but did the two of you ever document your own experiences? Mm, not as much as we should have, but um, we did do a couple behind the scenes videos. So some of them are online on our YouTube channel because we had to put a couple for our, our Indigo crowdfunding campaigns. So you can see a bunch of behind the scenes there. But we didn't, yeah, it would have been fun to do a documentary of the documentary. Yes, yes. Awesome. So I thank you for being a guest. This has been, you know, enlightening for me. And, and I, what I really love about it is, you know, I had Mandela uh, Schumacher Hodge on earlier. And we talk about uh, the tech industry, the, the startup space and how there are a lot of underrepresented groups, whether it be women or people of color, and you hear a lot about the lack of a pipeline, mm -hmm. which people in the know, you know, they disagree with that, I guess, because of where they actually go to recruit. So if they're going to MIT and Stanford and Harvard, Whereas, as uh, Barrier Williams spoke about on my podcast earlier, North Carolina, AT&T actually graduates the most black people who have STEM degrees in the country. Mm. You would think that Google and Facebook and other countries would actually go to that 
school <laughs> because that's where the numbers are going to actually uh, recruit. But in this time frame where we're talking about the importance of inclusion, but now we're now talking about women and people of color actually starting their businesses. So instead of saying, hey, Google, can I have a job? It's like, I don't care. You know, Google, you're all right. I got my own. I find that to be fascinating and very much needed in the climate we live in. Absolutely. So basically you're talking about, you know, those people creating their own opportunities because the companies are not doing their jobs of of seeking them out. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of what Sheena's advocating too, right? Of like where she was, there was nobody interested in, you know, that kind of internship. Silicon Valley seems so far away. And she's like, well, I have an idea. Why not do it myself? And one thing she talks about is um, the fact that a lot of people, unfortunately, don't know that these are opportunities. And they, they look out for, hey, you know, let's be, let's be a famous singer, let's be a famous other things that are being promoted. But they don't think, hey, actually, not only make money, but make a difference and create something awesome and be my own boss in the tech space. So I love what you're talking about. It's, it's inspiring. I'm... I'm all about ownership because it's, you know, and, and uh, Veronica was on my show earlier and well, not today, but in the past show, but she talked about how you can't pass down your job to your children, but you can do that, but you can give your business to your children. Mm. And, and so when you think about that type of ownership and wealth building and wealth creation and creating generational wealth and power, those are some of the sort of bigger, bigger themes I like to think of and deal and, and sort of grapple with when we talk about uh, entrepreneurs and startups. And that's why your documentary is so important because, you know, these women have the opportunity to create uh, those companies that can generate generational wealth and be able to pass down uh, to their children and the ch- and children after that. So before we go, uh, what's next for you? I know you, you know, we spoke, uh, communicated earlier on email about you have a curriculum coming out. Yes. Um, for the film, I think that the, the- Hopefully we can chat again about the, the details of that in January, but uh, we're really working hard on a curriculum and a way that we can really help be a small part of changing the education system. And one thing we want to do is use the film as a tool to kind of promote that entrepreneurial mindset inside the classroom. And we have a lot of ideas and we're part, you know, partnering with the National Consortium for Entrepreneurship Education and great educators who work on that. And we want to make sure that the film and the curriculum can be a tool for teachers and students out there to get more entrepreneurial inside the classroom, do more project-based learning, but also for girls to, to get skills and, and confidence they might not have. So hopefully we can discuss that next year, but we were super excited about that. We think, you know, as you know, it starts young. And we don't want our kids to get to college and 
not have any idea of how this entrepreneur mindset works because that's what we need right now. We need people who think as entrepreneurs, no matter what career they get into. <laughs> and I definitely want to have you back on to, to, di- to delve deeper uh, into the curriculum. I'm very excited about it. And so, you know, when you're ready, you let me know and we'll have you back. Thank you so much. Uh, you're welcome. So people, you know how I do this. This is going up on SoundCloud and iTunes after you listen to it. Uh, and I need you to tweet this out. Hashtag Dr. Willis Fire. Uh, I always say that when I present at conferences. I say, people go out there and tweet Dr. Willis Fire uh, to people in, in, in my <laughs> sessions. Um, but I need you to leave a comment, leave a review, share with your friends and your family. Uh, this is going up the video. Well, the we're going to share this on LinkedIn. Uh, going to put a blog post up as well. Uh, so again, uh, thank you, Nora, for being a guest. Thank you so much. I really love this conversation. Thank you again. You're welcome. It was awesome for me. So people, as always, invest in you, EDU. Peace. <laughs>